athlete who plays a team sport should get vaccinated for COVID. No professional athlete is going to drop dead from getting vaccinated or get more than momentarily sick. You owe it to your team to get vaccinated. You owe it to the guys in your locker room. Because when everybody in a locker room is vaccinated, the team can operate like normal. It's back to normal. But when some are and some aren't, it's like the pandemic hasn't ended. You could get COVID and you can't play and it spreads and it could ruin your team season. Be a teammate. Do what's right for the team. And we know, we know that these dopes who won't get vaccinated, 90% of them are doing it because they think they're making a political statement. Probably because Trump lost. Yo, I don't care what Anthony Rizzo thinks or whoever thinks about anything. Just be a teammate and play ball. It's all you're good for. Like with the Cubs, 85% of the team isn't vaccinated, so everybody still has to wear a mask. It can't get back to normal. Be a teammate. So if you're an athlete playing a team sport and you haven't been vaccinated, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing Cut on a name you can trust now, 412 Three six seven zero eight one five. And no, I'm not telling anyone to shut up and dribble. But this isn't a social issue. This isn't BLM. I listen to everything that, for example, LeBron had to say about that. This is guys not getting vaccine because they think they're Nathan Hale. If you're on a team, be a teammate. Now, I'm told that if you're in the media and you're not vaccinated, You can't be in the press box at Steeler games, and you can't do in-person interviews. I don't think that's been announced yet, but that's what I'm hearing will be the procedure. Let's see how many of the Steeler media stooges take a stand. Those guys would consent to being waterboarded if it meant access. 412-333-WXDX. I'm vaccinated. I'm doing great. Uh... Here's an interesting sociological thing I, I never thought of till Brian Pillman Jr., Brian's kid, my, my late friend's kid. He tweeted, and he's a wrestler as well. He tweeted, somebody said because I have no tattoos that I'm basically a unicorn. Is it really that rare to not have any tattoos? That's a good question. I know very few guys under 30 that don't have tattoos, at least one. And very few women under 30, well, not very few, but there's a lot of women under 30 that have them as well. What's the line of demarcation? What's the age for people having and not having tattoos? Because in my era, it was so rare to have tattoos. The only guys who had tattoos back when I was young are guys who got them in the military or in prison, although I didn't know anybody at the time who had been in prison. Although a guy I grew up with killed his wife, chopped her up, put her in a barrel, and dumped her to Lake Michigan. And then later confessed, even though they had no evidence. I guess the guilt got to him. I don't know whether he got a tattoo or not. I assume he's still in jail. 
412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Most embarrassing pirate moment. And, and by the way, this thing where they're going to pick a high school shortstop instead of one of the pitchers from Vanderbilt, either rocker or leader, don't be so stupid you don't get it. Please, I'm begging you. They're going to take the high school shortstop because he's going to be 18 or 19. You put him in the minors, got to develop him. Got to develop him. Not ready yet. Got to develop him. Future's looking good. Got to develop him. This kid's the cornerstone. Not ready yet. Got to develop him. And they just keep stringing you out on the promise of tomorrow. Whereas with Rocker or Leader, they're going to be big league ready before you know it. They're, you know, dominating college baseball, which is really good baseball. And then when they're ready to pitch, their service clock starts and you have to deliver. And it will turn out that just one pitcher wasn't going to make that big a difference. you got to keep selling the future because that's all they have to sell. Then again, they're not selling it too well because their attendance blows. Nothing's never going to sell the Pirates. He wouldn't sell the Pirates if there was zero attendance at games. But he's going to try to fool you as long as he can and sell as much as he can. That's what he's doing. So... That's why they're going to draft the high school shortstop. And guys like Sherrington, I mean, Dejon sings his praises, what a great GM he is. He's just an accomplice to the same fraud that's been perpetuated for decades under Nutting. An accomplice to the same fraud. Let's go to Stu in Washington. Stu, you're on with Double M. Stu, you're on the air. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good, Stu. What's up? Hey, for the COVID, if your team player should be vaccinated. Yep. Um, if a player were vaccinated and test positive, wouldn't the whole team have to go into the quarantine state regardless? No. No. No, if you're va- why would you have to quarantine if you're vaccinated and don't have it? But if you test positive, then you could have it. Well, right. That one so guy would have it. to go into quarantine. Then again, then again, if the whole team's vaccinated, I mean, you can't play with COVID, but, but you know, yeah, if the whole team's saying, vaccinated, saying, I mean, I'm like, ready. bro, I don't see the stand that's being taken here. Maybe you can enlighten me. No, I'm not saying. What's the argument for not getting the vaccine? What is achieved positive by not getting the vaccine? I don't know. Personal choice, I guess. Okay. What about being a teammate? You're on a team. Are you supposed to be a good teammate okay, to do what's okay, best so for the team? Do, let's do this then. Let's say this. Uh, if the MLB or if any team wants to enforce it, they should make it mandated that way. You, that would be a union thing, and the punch. CBA is already in place. Yeah, so then they can't enforce it. Yeah, I know. So, again, I ask you because you don't have an answer. What positive comes out of not getting vaccinated if you're an MLB player? I don't have that answer. I was just curious as to if, if the whole team's vaccinated. You know why you don't have that answer, buddy? Because there's not an answer. Because it makes common well, sense as a good teammate to get vaccinated. You're not making a political statement. There's no danger of being vaccinated. People who aren't getting vaccinated are just obstinate douchebags. Okay. Have you been vaccinated? I so. Yeah. I have. I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti not getting the vaccine. I am I just... pro personal choice too. I just don't think it applies as rigidly when you're in a team format. I can understand that. I just, I mean, if 
you can still test positive after being vaccinated. I just don't. I can see the alternative view as to not get vaccinated. Yeah, again, you totally ignored what I said, which proved you decisively wrong. Anything else? That's it. Thank you. Good. Good call. I always like when people say something that's wrong, and I think if they say it two or three times, oh, wait, you're right. 412-333-WXDX. We're talking about Ned Beatty died, the great character actor who squealed like a pig in deliverance when he was raped by rednecks in the in the uh, wilds of West Virginia, which I wonder if that still happens. I try not to get too isolated in West Virginia, but what a disturbing movie deliverance was. Back then you had disturbing movies. Back then you had movies that got inside your head a little bit, like Deliverance, The Exorcist in a totally different way. What movie have you seen lately that gets inside your head? I don't think there are any. Like movies now, like Deliverance and The Exorcist, if they were made today, they would have been way too cartoony, too carny, too stoogy. Back then, they weren't afraid to scare you. Back then, they weren't afraid to make you think. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Let's go to Pete in Pittsburgh. Pete, you're on with Double M. Okay, Pete hung up. That's good. Okay, well, it's time for a break anyway. We have a couple people calling. We'll get to them in a minute. And we got Tim Benz at the bottom of the hour. 105.9X. From the Century 3 Chevrolet Traffic Center. Jammed on the Crosstown Boulevard southbound the entire length. That ties into delays on the Liberty Bridge as you head... Double M. Yeah? The X at 105.9. This just in. The New York Rangers have named their head coach. He is Gerard Gallant former head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Jerry Gallant, the new head coach of the Rangers. I'm a little disappointed Tockett didn't get that. I thought that would have been a perfect spot for Tock to go. Now uh, I would think he would wind up as the coach of expansion Seattle. Let's go to Billy Bob in West Virginia. Billy Bob, you're on with double F. Oh, we lost Billy Bob. Let's go to Mr. Nate. Mr. Nate, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. I was just calling to remark about what you said about, like, right before the break, uh, about uh, movies that get into your head that were made recently. Have you seen Triangle? No. It is very, very messed up, and I think it was, like, I got in my head. It was just, like, without spoiling it or anything like that you just have to see the movie it, it's a, it's a bizarre ride but it's it's definitely a mind you know what yeah some of those like did you ever see any of the saw movies yeah i did they're okay see, like, they, don't get, they, they, they eventually immunize you to shock because they're a bloodbath all the way through yeah it's not just gore 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 you know like the best the best movies are the ones that are like the psychological horrors the ones that like you you, you go to bed thinking damn you know what i mean like Oh, bro, again, to repeat, I can't watch The Exorcist. I watched it as a kid. It kept me up at night for for weeks. I watched it again as a young adult. It disturbed me then. I'll never watch it again. It's the single scariest and most disturbing movie in history, and certainly that I've watched. Like The Omen, like where the woman throws herself off the balcony and hangs herself. Damien, all for you. To me, that's cartoony. The stuff in The Exorcist could have been real. 
Uh, by the way, uh, deliverance wasn't about them camping in West Virginia. They were North Georgia. But a hillbilly's a hillbilly. Let's go to Bob and Fox Chapel. Bob, you're on with Double M. Okay, let's go to Carl. Carl, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Good. I was just uh, commenting on your listing. I guess you could add to it and just say, uh, if you're a professional golfer, you want to miss out on $1.8 million. I guess that's up to you, too. Well, but, but the thing is, that is an individual sport. You're not part of a team. You not getting vaccinated doesn't affect anybody else but you and the people, I guess your caddy and your family, but that's it. Yeah, I just say I'm just saying it's still another dumb decision if you just want to play, you know, play roulette and uh, not but right. Get the but one again, you've going. ignored my point, which is it's different yeah. in a team sport. Be a teammate and get the vaccine. Let's go to. Okay, now our computer's frozen, so we can't take calls. Does that mean we can't talk to Tim Benz next? Okay, well, things are screwy here, needless to say. We'll get to Tim Benz in just a minute. Steeler Minicamp, I am very excited about Steeler Minicamp. I think we will be able to determine where the Steelers are at by Minicamp. Okay, that's a bunch of crap. It doesn't matter at all. OTAs don't matter at all. Last year we had no OTAs, no minicamp, no exhibition games, a semblance of training camp, and the football during the regular season was exactly the same. Just saying. Tim Ben's up next, 105.9. Weekday morning, 6 till 10. It's Abby. I saw something else yesterday on the news where it was like somebody was yelling at us for saying Pittsburgh wrong, and I'm like, I'm done. Maybe you like it now, bitch. The X at 105.9. Steelers minicamp starts tomorrow. We are all waiting with bated breath. Joining me now from the Trib, he is Tim Benz. Tim, Bleacher Report says the Steelers' biggest problem is the tackles. Do you agree? Yeah, I think the exact phrase they used was X-Factor, and I think that's 100% fair. Um, you know, you can use that phrase to describe something good or something bad. Like one thing they brought up was Najee Harris potentially being an X-Factor on the positive end for the Steelers, and I think that's very fair as well. I think Najee Harris is going to be very good, but he can't be good unless the tackles are good in front of him and the rest of the offensive line, too, for that matter. And I think with Banner coming back off an ACL, core four switching positions, after we had questions about both of those guys going into last year anyway, yeah, there's nothing else in this roster that stands out to me more than them as question marks as to how this season can tilt. If they're surprisingly good, I'll feel a little bit better, but I mean, I'm just hoping that they're average. Where else do the Steelers really lack? Because I don't see any depth practically anywhere besides receiver. Yeah, depth has very much been thinned. Um, I think that's one area where the Steelers uh, have managed to stave off uh, a lot of concerns in the cap era longer than uh, what other teams have, and good for them in that regard. Uh, you know, the drafting and developing has been good enough to get people to patch over when injuries have occurred. But uh, I think that has very much been tested now, like to the degree where. I think Cam Sutton has always been a good depth defensive back, but I don't think he's good enough to play two positions at once. <laughs> they're, they're kind of asking that of him right now. So um, that's one area, and I've talked about it with you before, Mark. I, I like Alex Highsmith as a player. I, I think he's smart. I think he's coachable. Uh, I think he's learning. 
Uh, I just don't know how much of an impact playmaker he is to replace Bud Dupree at outside linebacker. Maybe that will come with some comfort at the position. But after him, or God forbid if T.J. Watt should get hurt, uh, what's that pass rush going to be like? And then by extension, that secondary we just talked about, if they've got to cover for a half a second or a second longer on every snap, uh, that could lead to disaster. What are your expectations for Ben at 39? Because he's not Brady. No, he's not, and, and nobody else is. But, you know, I think that Roethlisberger, whether he wants to admit it or not, uh, that offense last year was largely designed around protecting him so he didn't have to move around and shed tacklers and try to keep plays alive uh, as much as he did when he was a younger player. That was so much a part of his game. And if he can't do that as much now, uh, through injury and just age and attrition in the NFL being uh, a pro for as long as he has, they had to figure out a way for him to get rid of the ball faster, and it became very, very predictable. And as we just talked about with the offensive line, uh, you're having a mighty, mighty leap of faith to say, okay, we're going to have a conventional approach to protecting our quarterback now, and Ben has to sit back there and be ready to hang on to the ball for three or three and a half seconds on a more regular basis. So I, uh, I don't see Roethlisberger just diving into Matt Canada's new system saying, okay, all is well here, and having a complete 180 for how he normally plays quarterback, and suddenly that's going to be fine. There's, there's a lot of new tricks to teach this old dog, and I don't know how willing he is to learn. Well, I don't know how much he can learn. I mean, he's 39. Anything that requires him to drop back seven steps on those legs is a risky proposition. I understand the notion of risk versus reward because play action means – you hit the quarterback sometimes when the ball's somewhere else. So uh, not only that, yeah, not only that, Mark. But I don't know if you saw the Pro Football Focus story that came out today, where they were talking about Matt Canada and how far, how much of a difference it really is from Randy Feetner's offense of last year. The numbers are pretty stark. Uh, the number I just got them in front of me here. His last college season in 2018 at Maryland, they were in the shotgun. 117th in the country, and the Steelers were fourth in the NFL last year. The Steelers used pre-snap motion, the 23rd highest rate in the league, while Maryland used it at the second highest rate in college football. So for all of us who thought that this was going to be a chasm of a leap of faith for Ben Roethlisberger to adapt and to adopt Matt Canada's system, it might be even greater than what we thought. Will Juju play in the slot where he doesn't want or outside where he does? Because even though the slot's where he helps most, I am not dismissing the possibility of him being placated by Coach Laissez-Faire. Uh, nor am I, and I can even see how it's going to be parsed out via explanation in the media and, frankly, parsed out to the wide receivers in the meeting room. It'll be, well, we have a back on the field who's going to stay on the field more often all three downs, and we've got two to tight ends that we want to play at the same time. So we're not going to have as many opportunities for all the wide receivers to be on the field, so we're going to divvy up who does what on the outside. Uh, that will be the approach. That will be the explanation, and it'll be passed off as a good thing. It'll be good for Juju, but I think the greater priority as far as development for wide receivers right now is get more out of Chase Claypool and bottle and uh, then have it explode on the NFL, this theory that we always hear from Mike Tomlin, we heard from Bill Cowher before him, this biggest leap that you always see from year one to year two, well, I wouldn't minimize 
one snap for Claypool and the damage that he could do outside uh, for Juju Smith-Schuster unless injury is involved. Well, right, Tim, but I think Juju envisions Claypool being A-B and him being outside on the other side, but I don't know where that leaves Deontay and James Washington. Right, exactly. And I don't think that they're going to prioritize Washington. He just kind of might be squeezed. Yeah, but Deontay's a better receiver than Juju, and Deontay's not a slot guy. He's definitely more explosive and more shifty once he has the ball in his hands. Him holding onto the ball and getting it into his hands has been a problem. Uh, Smith-Schuster fumbling the ball after he has it in his hands. Now, that's been a problem, but he's normally been more sure-handed than the other guys last year, at least when it came to drop rate. But I, I just... He's very good at being in the slot. We saw how good he was in converting first downs uh, and third and short situations. Uh, converting in the red zone, he was very good. Uh, hopefully they still use him in that context and rely on him there. But I know what he's thinking. He's pretty. I think he's acutely aware that his yards per catch is the reason why he didn't get the contract that he wanted during the offseason, and that's why he's been so publicly vocal about how this is going to happen. And I feel like he's projecting it, Mark. Like I, I don't know for sure that it's been guaranteed to him, but he's gotten the impression or he's willing the impression into existence that he will be outside more often because he's talked about it no less than three times that I can count during this offseason. We're talking to Tim Benz here on the Mark Madden Show. Tim, uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. They just didn't need Juju. They just didn't need a fourth receiver given all their other holes. Well, you just referenced it earlier in the conversation. It's the one area where they have depth already. And uh, it would have been nice to maybe see them, especially if you got Juju saying that he thinks the Matt Canada's offense, Ray Ray McLeod, is going to be the best option in the slot. And he's hardly going to play now. He's going to be the fifth guy, you would think. So you're right. And everybody wants to draw a line between what Juju's money meant and keeping Steven Nelson. But it's the cap. There's a correlation there. Eventually, you got to get down to there's only so many dollars you can spend. And even though I don't think Stephen Nelson was the second coming of Mel Blunt or anything, I thought the cornerback play that you had for the last two years with Hayden and Nelson on opposite sides sides of each other with the added depth of Hilton and Cam Sutton, that, that might have been the best foursome of cornerbacks that we've seen in Pittsburgh since, I don't know, like when you had... Willie Williams and Rod Woodson and Carnell Lake, and I'm still struggling to come up with a fourth. So that that might have been taken a little too cavalierly, saying goodbye to Nelson, even though he's not a pro bowler. He's still pretty good. Is DeCastro washed up? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a one bad year due to injury, and now that injury is healed, he's going to be better. I, I really don't know. That's another X factor, and it's another other. It's another X factor along the offensive line. They need him to be a good run blocker, Mark, if this uh, Najee Harris draft pick is going to reap everything they wanted to in his first year. T.J. Watt occasionally sits out an entire series to catch his breath, I guess. Can the Steelers afford to have him do that this year? We just talked about the lack of depth at edge rusher. Yeah, I don't think they can do it as often as they did last year. Uh, I think Because Tim, last like year, could... correct me if I'm wrong, he was doing like one or two series a game on the sideline. Yeah, and they were always ill-timed, weren't they? Like, you always seem to notice that he was out when a drive was manifesting. And maybe it's just because there was longer drives and he was getting gassed and he had to come out. But I remember, I think it was twice during the Dallas game, which was much closer than it needed to be. He was on the sidelines at wrong times. I think it happened once, too, in the Cleveland game, uh, in the playoff game, where that took place. It's just, and maybe once against the Bills, once or twice against the Bills, it just seemed like whenever they're, 
whenever he was on the sideline, things got worse, and, and that's going to happen. He's the NFL Defensive Player of the Year runner-up. You know, if he's on the sideline, you're going to notice. And I think they felt they could get away with it more uh, when Bud Dupree and Alex Highsmith were out there because they do like Highsmith. But once Bud went out, it was Highsmith and, like, you know, Ola Daney or anybody they could find to play outside linebacker. And they've done nothing to bolster that position depth-wise. So they have to be very judicious in when they rest T.J. Watt. I'd say if Watt would get hurt for a significant period, like out for the season, the season's over for the Steelers. Who else falls in that category? I think Ben falls in that category because they're working so hard to drum up an offense that's going to be a hybrid between what he wants to do and what Matt Canada wants to do to flush that and reboot it. Um, I don't. Let's see how Mason Rudolph has come along in that context then. But you know, as for as much as I don't think Ben is an All Pro anymore, I still don't think you can flush him out of the equation still assume that the Steelers are going to squeak into the playoffs. I, I think Ben on offense and T.J. Watt on defense. Uh, as you know, I'm betting under for the Steelers, under nine wins, maybe even under eight and a half if that's all I could find. Because with that offensive line, I think Ben getting hurt is inevitable. Not badly necessarily, but I can see him missing three, four games. How about you? Yeah, I could see that. And, you know, this will be the ultimate test then for Mason Rudolph, and there will be a very quick hook, I think, if they keep Dwayne Haskins and like what they see. You know, as we talked about on Channel 11 last night, I think that Mason Rudolph is sort of like the next best answer for everything they have moving forward. Like, they want – I think they want Ben Roethlisberger to be an all-pro and come back next year. I think if that doesn't happen, they want to stumble into the next Ben Roethlisberger. And if those two things can't occur, well, then it's Mason Rudolph. And I don't know if there isn't a little part of them that wants to have Dwayne Haskins show that he was a bust in one place, but it's going to be better here, and then he just emerges during the preseason, they can go to him instead of Rudolph. I just I feel like Rudolph is sort of their view, and I don't necessarily agree with this on the Haskins front anyway, just the second-best option at, at any point that you decide to make a critical decision about quarterback. Who is the number two team in the AFC behind Kansas City, and could it be Cleveland or Baltimore? Yeah, but I think it's Buffalo. Uh, I still think it's Buffalo. I was high in the Bills last year coming off of their playoff season the previous year in 2019. They did nothing to disappoint and dissuade uh, the way that Diggs and Josh Allen came together. Um I still like the Bills. I still think they are the second-best team in the AFC, but I still think the Chiefs are the tip-top, and uh, I will be surprised if they get knocked off. Maybe if they get knocked off, Mark, it's just a matter of it's their time to lose and not make the final, like we saw with the Penguins after two straight Stanley Cup runs. Maybe it's just their time to get upset, but I still think they're the best team. Boy, if Buffalo is indeed the second-best team in the AFC, which I think is very likely the case as well, that makes the Steelers opener at Buffalo a pretty trying task, doesn't it? It sure does. And we, you and I have talked quite a bit about what it comes to their realization at the end of the season if they've got to hurry and scurry to get in the playoffs because they have some tough games at the start of the year. That back end of the schedule is just a joke. Uh, they have to start fast because I think they're going to need a cushion going into December because this is a team that has proven that they fade in December uh, every year, down the stretch the last three years, they've been terrible. Um, and they don't necessarily start great every year. Where they're really good is kind of like week four through week you know, 11 or 12. 
like that sell the last three years under Mike Tomlin, but I think they're going to need to steal an extra win or two in the first uh, three to four weeks, five weeks, and really get off to a, a hot start and cushion themselves for what's coming later. And there's a lot of changes to be had. Uh, I think the melding of Canada's offense with Ben is a big deal. The new look offensive line, that is a big deal. Getting Najee Harris up to speed, that's a big deal. And we've already talked about some of the guys taking on increased roles on defense. There's a lot of learning that's going to have to be done to fly early in the season or else the Steelers could find themselves really behind the eight ball uh, by the time we get to the midpoint. Are the Islanders going to win the Stanley Cup, and, and are they bad for hockey? Because they are all about efficiency over entertainment. I'm more sure about the bad for hockey than I am that they're going to win the Cup. <laughs> I, I said I said at the start of the playoffs, and I stand by it now, whoever wins the Vegas-Colorado series is going to win the Cup, so I think Vegas is going to win it. I'm pretty much 50-50 on the Tampa Islanders side. I'm going to pick Tampa there because they've been good for me so far uh, in that bracket. But, um, yeah, they, they just are not an entertaining brand of hockey. And I think hockey needs superstars uh, to really sell, and they don't have a bunch. They do it with system. They do it with the uh, group mentality of the pack. And they're, what, like the second most popular team in their own market. So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of sell there for hockey if the Islanders do win the Cup. Tim, great stuff. Thank you for taking the time. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. That is Tim Benz. Check him out every day. Breakfast with Benz at TribLive.com. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. A reading from the Golden Oak Lending Book of Mortgage Lingo. What is a no-charge appraisal? It's never asking for a credit card or charging for a home appraisal. If we oh, the American dream. So be it, baby. The X at 105.9. Okay, time to ask Mark Anything, brought to you by FoxBet. Make the call. Download the app today. We only have one call. If you don't want to call, we'll just wrap it up after the one call. No, Believe me, anything I can do to make this show shorter or easier, we are in the Viking funeral stage of this program, so whatever happens is whatever happens. So if you want to get a call in, dial now at 412-333-WXDX, but... Uh, I think I've scared off all the cars with my vast intellect, or maybe because I don't like Juju. I want you all to know that I'm going to be harder than Juju on Juju this year than ever before. And Chase Claypool, and TJ Watt, and when they stink, I'm going to stick it up your backside. So I hope you're ready for that. I really hope you're ready for that. And if you're not, that's okay too. Let's go to, I'm not even sure what his name is. Uh, Jay, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, um, NHL free agency, would you sign uh, Wayne Simmons if it was like a million dollars a year? If I could sign Wayne Simmons for the absolute minimum, yes, I'd take that chance, but it would have to be the absolute minimum. All right, because I think he played for a million five at Toronto this year. I think he could be a good fit on the fourth line. Well, what I would do is I would put him on the fourth line but play him on the first or second lines once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, I think he could also bounce around. He'd be pretty flexible. And I would make it very clear to him that the minute there's a scrum and you're not the first guy there, you're you're in Wilkes-Barre. All right. Are there any other um, potential targets that you would like to see them go after? Don't I need to know who's the free agent before I know who the targets are? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. What, what about like a Bobby Ryan? No. Bobby Ryan. Not even on the cheap? Nah. Nah. 
They already have enough guys like Bobby Ryan. What does Bobby Ryan bring that half the other guys they have doesn't bring? In his prime, he's not in his prime. That's true. I just feel like he'd give a little bit of grit, too, and maybe could pop in some goals with uh, like a Crosby or Malkin. Yeah, I'd, I'd be more interested in Wayne Simmons. There's a bunch of reasons for that, a few of which I won't go into. Let's go to Tony. Ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Uh, I just want to know if being such a longtime fan of the Penguins that you've been, uh, if you're ever in the locker room or getting the access to the players like you get, um, if you ever find that surreal, like being in that moment, you know. No, such no. And, I, and I'll tell you why, if you're interested. Yeah. When I was a kid, I put up a sign at the arena, like when I was like 11 or 10 or whatever, for my favorite Penguin player, Greg Paulus. Okay. And his wife saw it and came over and introduced herself. So me and my mom became friends with the Pauluses. So uh, after he got traded, I would go visit them sometimes to see a game in St. Louis or when he played for the New York Rangers. And when that happened, I was around guys like Phil Esposito. Phil Esposito bought me my first beer when I was like 14 or 15. So I've never been intimidated by a situation like that. I was when I was 11, but I got over it pretty quick. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Let's go to TJ. TJ, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Hey, this is Matt Canada. Has he ever called a play in the NFL, in an NFL game? What's that? Matt Canada. What about him? Has he ever made a call in an NFL game? No, I believe this will be the first time that he's a coordinator at the NFL level. That doesn't mean he can't do it. Right. I just wonder. All I know about him is he had one good year at Pitt and he was pretty much a failure at LSU. I don't know much more about him. Why do you keep beeping? I don't know. It must be my ear. It might be a little You're calling Matt Canada a failure, but I guarantee he wouldn't be beeping during a phone call. Let's go to Jake. Jake, you're on with Mark. Ask Mark anything. Mark, how you doing tonight, man? Good. Hey, I haven't had power for over 24 hours. What should I do with my evening? Where are you at? I'm in Ross Township. Really? You've not had power in Ross Township for over 24 hours? Yeah, I live, like, back behind Perrysville. What are you doing for uh, light? Uh, nothing. <laughs> well, you must have flashlights or a lantern or something like that, right? Well, it went out yesterday evening, and we just kind of just hung out and then, you know, went to bed. Uh, we have a flashlight, but that's about it. Wow. Uh, are there any? What about restaurants nearby? Are any open with power? I just went and picked up uh, some some Mexican takeout for me and the family. So you picked up takeout to bring back home to your house with no light or power. Well, it's still light out. If I were you, are you rich? Do you have any money? Uh, well, we went out and picked up a pretty nice generator. Just haven't really figured out how to get all the lights hooked up to it or anything. But, I would get a yeah, motel room till the till, till you get power. I thought about that, but my grandma has dementia, and I, it'll really confuse her. <laughs> oh, is she living with you? Yeah, we take care of her. Oh, no, it's tough It's tough to do that then. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. Good for you. Uh, I would. You know what to do? Go to Kohl's. You're not too far from Kohl's, right? Yeah, not far at all. Go to Kohl's and get some some lanterns, some like electric lanterns, like battery-operated lanterns. I have yeah. a couple of those at okay. my house because we lose power a lot where I live. And if yeah. you put two lanterns in a room, it's like you had full power. Won't help you with TV or stuff like that, but at least the room will be lit. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Nick. Nick, you're on with Mark. Ask Mark anything. Yeah, Mark, I was curious, in light of the ugliness and greed of American capitalism, what are your feelings on Marxism? 
Like Zeppo Marks, Hopo Marks, Groucho Marks? No, Karl Marx. Um, uh, German Jewish philosopher. I'm aware of who Karl Marx is, you simp. Uh, that's communism. Marxism is communism. I mean, illuminate the differences. Well, I actually don't. I don't agree with you. I mean, I think Karl Marx spoke of uh, breaking a system that 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 saw economy as the penultimate of achievement and and wanted a system you know, for the people, you know, something that benefited all of us, not corporations, but individuals. Well, who said qui bono? That was uh, Lenin, right? You have me on that one. I'm more into Lenin, especially the stuff he did with McCartney. Let's go to Bruno. Bruno, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, I finally caught that uh, Andre the Giant documentary. Can you elaborate on Which one, HBO or A&E? It was the it, I think it was the HBO one that was running on a and I'm not sure, to be honest with you, but they had Hogan on a lot. And Hogan was saying how I guess he didn't like Randy the Macho Man. He didn't like the Iron Sheik. And he didn't like guys that acted tough that wanted to actually, like, fight him. What was the protocol when you guys would fight Hogan? I mean, fight Andre? He could obviously do whatever he wanted. There's okay, go. That well, that's not up. true either. Go to YouTube, okay? Yeah. And type in Andre and Maida. M-A-E-D-A, Maeda. A, a uh, match between Andre and a Japanese guy, Akira Maeda, turned into an actual fight. See what happened. Okay. All right. Now, Andre was old and beat up and drunk by then, but watch what happened. Okay, I'll do it again tomorrow, but only because I have to. This is the Mark Madden Show at 105.9X. FM, Pittsburgh's rock and alternative and iHeartRadio station.